Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world. Broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world. BlakeRadio.com. Music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You are listening to Rainbow Soul from BlakeRadio.com. featuring guest percussionist Petrito Martinez. And this is Topically Yours on the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. Greetings. And I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler. And today I'm happy to talk to Latin jazz artist and bassist Carlos Enriquez, who is part of the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra with Wynton Marcellus, and wherein he has toured the world and is featured on more than 25 albums. 
He will release his CD, which I just played a song from it, The Bronx Pyramid, on September 18th, wherein he has demonstrated his mastery, as you just heard, at blending modern jazz with Latin rhythms. His CD, The Bronx Pyramid, features guest percussionist Patrito Martinez, which you just heard, and another song, and I might not be pronouncing this correctly, so uh, I'll have... uh, Carlos, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Descarga entre amigos. That's right. Descarga entre amigos. You got it. Thank you. Which <laughs> features the vocals of uh, Ruben Blades. I well, mm-hmm. since 14, uh, the Bronx born Harry Gaze is performed with Latin greats like P- Tito, Eddie Palmieri, and Celia Cruz. And you know, we all miss Celia. Well, we miss. We miss several of the great artists that are no longer with us. And Mr. Mm -hmm. Henriquez will be returning to the Bronx, which is his home, by the way, on Saturday, September 12th at 8 p.m. as part of Jazz at Lincoln Center's efforts to reach out to the boroughs. The Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra with Wynton Marcellus would debut new compositions and arrangements by uh, Mr. Henriquez as part of the veterans' basis to turn home to honor his musical roots. So the whole show is about Carlos Enriquez. The orchestra will also be joined by special guest percussionists Bobby Allende and Mark Quinones in honor of Jazz at Lincoln Center's 28th season. And the show is entitled Carlos Enrique Back in the Bronx. Jazz at Lincoln Center will open their season at Lehman Center for the Performing Arts, by the way. And that's located at 250 Bedford Park Boulevard West in the Bronx. Carlos Henriquez, the Bronx Pyramid, marks uh, his the bass's first album as a leader and emergent as a fully-fledged Latin jazz master. Backed by an all-star roster of musicians, Henriquez expertly blends modern jazz with Latin rhythms. And I just told you the tracks that are on there, but there's several others, but I just, I'm going to play another one when I end the show. So anyway, you've heard him in the background, and why don't we just invite him in and welcome him to the show. So how are you, Carlos Enrique? I'm I'm doing well, Deidre. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It's quite my pleasure. Now, I understand you were a very busy, busy guy. You've been traveling, and you just returned home. Uh, how busy yeah. is your schedule? It's busy. It gets quite hectic. Uh, we just I just got back now from Cleveland. I was out in Cleveland uh, working with the Cleveland uh, Orchestra. Uh, we were playing a composition that uh, Wynton Marcellus wrote called Swing Symphony, and uh, we were there for about five days. And uh, it was a great show. Uh, a lot of work, you know, working with an orchestra is not that easy. So a lot of rehearsing and all that stuff. So it gets hectic, you know, when we do that type of stuff. Well, yeah, people don't think about that, but orchestras are huge. And it's you have huge, to you know, depend on yeah. so many people. How, how many are in, yeah. is in your orchestra or in the well, Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra? We have 15, and uh, Cleveland's classical orchestra had about 100. Wow. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people to deal with. And then you got to deal with the distance issues and all that stuff, you know, sound issues. Oh, yeah. And that is always an issue. Oh, it is. It's the fun fun part of being a musician because physics, it always wins. That's the first lesson they teach you in school. You know, you can't, you know, defy physics, man. It's just what it is. (laughs) Truly. There must be something to do sound for all those different instruments, too. Yeah, you ain't lying. It's unbelievable. That's the beauty of music, you know. That's one thing I could tell you, you know, when you hear the sounds and, and everything that comes about it, it gives you an understanding of, of, you know, how powerful, you know, the sound of music is for a human, you know, just to be able to uh, to download that, you know, as a human and have to listen to it is unbelievable. Regardless of the type of music, you know, it's just music in itself is, you know, it's colorblind, you know, you can't. You know, it's just one thing. Sound is unbelievable. It's energy and waves in the air, right? It's that the human brain. That's what it is. Yeah. Filters it, mm-hmm. filters it in. That's through right. Sound waves. It's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me definitely uh, ask you: How long have you been playing the bass? I know you started uh, as early as fourteen, but you were playing the guitar first. Yeah, I started on guitar. I think around eleven, eleven, twelve, and then. Um, I got uh, I got really good at it. I practiced a lot. You know, my dad and mom, you know, they're both musicians, you know, not professionally, but, you know, just enough to understand what it took. And, you know, I practiced, so I was able to get into programs. You know, I got into the MAP, the Music Advancement Program at Juilliard, which uh, actually was a great program, and it's still around. It, it, it helped a lot of the inner-city kids who didn't have the opportunity to actually be seen or be noticed you know, actually be seen. And, and I was able to audition and, and, and be a part of a program that, that actually helped me see the future of music and understand that there are other people in this world that had the same ambitions that I did. So I started on guitar, and then slowly throughout my junior high school years, uh, I met people, teachers that were professional musicians and who were heavily involved in the Latin community and the world of music, so and then I started falling in love with the bass. You know, the bass was a big a big issue in my life at a young age because a lot of the teachers and friends from family and the teachers were, were associated to the bass. So, you know, I met a guy by the name of Victor Venegas, who was a Chicago-born Mexican who uh, got to, you know, play with Carl Jader, Mongo Santa Maria, and a, a mm. variety of other great Latin musicians who, who actually took me under his wing and uh, taught me how to play bass. And, and one thing led to another, and that's how I started building the palette of, you know, music and musicians in my life. So it, it, it was, you know, it was incredible how I look back and I could actually see how, you know how people say, you know, the book has been written. When, you know, while you're living through life, you don't really see the book, but when you can sit back and see how things happen, you know, I could say it was actually, you know, whoever wrote, whoever wrote the book for me did a great job because they're doing, I mean, it was great as a young kid. I, I fell I fell into the right people and they helped me and they took care of me and they they just showed so much love. So Tony Grossman was a is a flute player, was my band teacher. She took care of me. Another guy named Adonis Puertas. You know, one thing I wanted to, to express is during that time, Deidre, you know, we had in the Bronx we had um you know, we had programs for music, you know, and it's unfortunate that, you know, music is not a heavy contact. Uh, in our children's uh, curriculum, but we um, we had it. You know, we had after-school programs. We had it in our, our daily daily life in school. Uh, 
you know, there was a program called the South Bronx Community Action Theater. Uh, it ran. It was ran by this guy named uh, Mr. Darris, uh, Fred Darris, who's no longer around with us. But he really took the initiative to promote inner city talent, and I was lucky enough to have, you know, been a part of that movement. And it's just very, you know, it's it's rewarding to be able to be a part of that. Because I tell you one thing, if it wasn't for that, I don't know where I would have been right now. And I'm very, you know, I thank God and I thank everything that, that made it possible to be where I at now. Well, I guess I could say basically <laughs> God had his hand on you. Yeah. And you know, has and helped you along with the help yeah. of others. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a team effort. And that's that's the whole thing about this album. That's why I called it the Bronx Pyramid because, you know, it takes years. It took years to make these pyramids. And, you know, I couldn't figure out something that really named the album. But then I started thinking, man, these, you know, there there were families and families of people who, who built pyramids. And, and it wasn't just one family who got to see the end result. It kept on going from one to another. And I started understanding that that's, that was the process in my life. You know, I understood now why my mother sacrificed, you know, her Saturdays after working, you know, rigorously through Monday and Friday, you know, through that week to spend time with me on an early Monday, on, on an early Saturday, you know, workshop and program, you know, and then I started understanding, okay, this is this is what it takes, and this is the sacrifice people make, you know, and you start learning as, a, as you know, as you get older, you start, you know, I start doing the same now to other kids. We just did a, a great summer camp at, at the Castleton, in Castleton, Virginia, with the Jazz Lincoln Center Orchestra, and it was unbelievable to be able to, you know, express that same feeling to another, you know, another person who has the same vision and ambitions as you had as a child. So, you know, it's a, well, it's a whole back, big, You get back. You and it's get a whole, back. It's a whole mm-hmm. team, yeah. And it's a whole team. Well, uh, do you have children of your own? Or yeah, that, I do. That I you're going to pass the tradition down to? Or are they yeah, yeah, musically have, inclined? They are. They're doing it. I mean, you know, they're not. Uh, I have three beautiful boys, 10, 8, and and two, Carlos has been the 10, Alex the 8-year-old, and Joshua the, the 2-year-old. And, you know, Carlos uh, Jr., he, he started playing the bass at his school, and he surprised me uh, at his final, his, you know, his uh, his final uh, summer concert playing the bass. Uh, my middle my middle boy, Alex, is a, he just loves the piano, and he figures all these tune, TV tunes on the piano without me teaching them. And the little one is, he's just a, a joy of music, you know, wanting to play instruments and stuff. So, you know, I don't force them. My my dad and mom never forced me. You know, they I wait till they get to a certain age. You know, now Carlos is getting to that age, 10, 11, 12, where, you know, I could slowly start, you know, pushing it, you know, because, you know, I, I wanted them to get to a certain age where they could be a little bit more responsible because what happens is mm-hmm. I, I, I've seen it done in life where, you know, you kind of start pushing the whole music thing on the child and then they get discouraged and then it just goes out of the window, you know, because they felt that they weren't being, they weren't up to par. So, you know, but it's, a, yeah, they're, they're in it. It's in their DNA. I'm telling you, they got it. <laughs> That's cool. Now, obviously, uh, you, you are from a Latin background and you play mm-hmm. jazz in the Afro-Latin uh, tradition, which mm-hmm. I love. But are you versatile in all all types of musical uh, genre and style? Well, you know, I, I had a I had a I had a real in depth classical 
a one-to-one classical teacher who taught me for about 13 years, and I was really, really deep into that uh, before playing, you know, with Winton and, and doing all that. So I, I can say I'm heavily into jazz, uh, Afro-Cuban, and, uh, and classical music, you know. And, you know, I love Brazilian music, you know, and it's uh, music in, it, in itself. Is, I love anything with music, in it, you know, believe it or not. I, I'm very into listening to music all over the world. But uh, I, I can say that I'm a, I'm a heavy jazz and Afro-Cuban lover. So those are the two genres that I really focus now, you know, what I do. Well, you, you are a Juilliard graduate. Did you learn everything there? Well, I didn't graduate from Juilliard, but what I did was I went to the pre-college de- uh, department for about a year uh, before oh, the math okay. program. You know, I was at Juilliard. You know, I can say I was at the campus for about five years but I didn't do the, the pre-college till my last year, and I only did it for a very few uh, for a very few period because I left immediately after that, and I started just working professionally. But you know, I learned a lot at Juilliard. You know, I learned a lot from my you know my private teacher John Schaefer, who who was well who is still well respected throughout the classical bass contra bass world, and uh, it was the old school way of teaching the bass. You know, I learned the, the instrument the right way. Uh, from people who studied it from you know from, from a long time ago and yeah you know it's just uh, you learn everything as it goes you know it's a, it's a team effort you know life life throws you so many good things and curveballs and you just got to learn as it comes and you know I learned a lot at Juilliard. Well, now does Jazz at Lincoln Center recruit some of its musicians? Or do they have some kind of working relationship or, or something with Juilliard where? They they get some of their musical resources from the school. Well, I mean, the, their jazz program is is is, is, a, is a big program. I mean, we we we've recruited a lot of those kids. I mean, most of the graduates are working professionally with us. If not with the band, they're doing all other programs at Jazz Center. Um, it's unbelievable how how this mission, you know, that went and saw years ago in the, in the late eighties. You know, like you could sit down and be like, "Man, is this really going to work?" And you you start you're seeing the benefits now. Um, you know, actually through me, you know, because Wenton really took me under his wing. He really promoted jazz to me. He helped me. He he helped me understand, you know, the music. And um, you know, and I'm 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 a Puerto Rican New Yorker, you know, so you know, mm-hmm. it, I was always you know I was always telling Wenton, "Man, we gotta eat right. You know, we gotta go check out Eddie Palmieri. We gotta." You know, it, it, it was always me telling Wynton about Latin music and him telling me about jazz. And it was a great um, collaboration amongst ourselves where we actually start. I started learning so much about the music and so much about the similarities, about how much Afro-Cuban, you know, influenced jazz, how much Mexican mm-hmm. music influenced jazz. You know, I learned so much that, you know, you start understanding why America is so beautiful and its culture and why jazz is so you know, it's so special because it brings so much of what, of how America was formed that sometimes people forget about it. You know, they just think about jazz as being, oh, that's that fast music that these guys play and, and they play long solos. But if you actually, like, study the music and actually really start getting to the deep core of it, you know, it's, it's, un- it's unbelievable, you know. And I learned a lot through, uh, with Wynton. I'm still learning a lot, but now that I'm getting to a certain age, you know, common sense is very fast. You start seeing things. You start, you know, comparing things and understanding stuff really, you know, faster than when I was a young child. Well, how did you meet? How did you end up in the orchestra? 
You know, I met him through a friend from my high school named Stephen O'Kendall. Stephen O'Kendall is a great trumpet player. Um, uh, he's, he's got a great land orchestra, the Stephen O'Kendall Land Orchestra, and they play at a restaurant in the Bronx. Man, it's, it's, it's called on Fat Tuesdays. And he, he, he introduced me to Wynton one night. He, I mean, one day at school. He said, hey, man, why don't you want to come to the Jets? We're going to rehearsal and see when. So, you know, I said, yeah, I'll go, you know. And and I went and I fell in love. I was like, oh, my God, this is it. You know, because at the time, you know, the orchestra was rehearsed acoustically. And I was learning the instrument acoustically. So I didn't, you know, I didn't really get the, the notion of understanding how an instrument could be played that perfect and that well when I was in high school, you know, because everything was so electronical for me. You know, I played electric bass. You know, I had no concept of what having a sound meant because everything was so easy. Just You just plug in and turn the volume up and that's your sound. So when I met mm-hmm. these guys in the band, it, it blew my mind away. I was like, man, I can't believe that this orchestra sounds this great. And uh, when I first met them, they were doing music for uh, Alvin Ailey. Uh, wow. Sweet release mm-hmm. and ghost stories with Judy, wow. and um, yeah, and it was unbelievable. But this this kid, J. Uh, Stephen Okendo, I credit a lot to him. He also gave me my first uh, Christian Mc, Christian McBride album, his first album he did, and um, he gave that to me. He said, "Man, you got to check out this kid, well, this guy, you know." And and I fell in love with the instrument, and it just took me to a whole nother level. It was unbelievable how it happened. So, yeah, that's how I met Winton. And then one thing led to another. I started hanging out with him, going over to his house. I would, I would take my bass to his crib. We would play. Um, and, yeah, one thing led to another. And he, he called me to do one gig, and then one gig led to another. And then I, he called me to work with the orchestra in 97. I think it was 98. From 98 to 99, I was 17, turning 18. Wow. And I did the and I played the orchestra. I was young. I got to play with Shirley Horn. Yeah. I got wow. to see a lot of people. Dewey Redmond. Uh, who else? There was a lot of jazz musicians, you know, that I didn't really know well, but I knew they were great. You know, Sweet Edison. I got to meet Doc Cheatham. So all these cats. Wow. You know, I, it was great. It was a great experience, you know. And I and I thank Winston to this day. I always tell him, man. You know, I got to give you all the thanks in the world for giving me the chance and believing in me because, you know, he could have easily gotten someone else with experience, but he then he not only not do that, he chose to believe in me and to really, you know, stay stick to me, and it's unbelievable. It's just it's a great thing. I'm so happy and grateful for it. Wasn't that one of his penchants uh, to to bring the young up to? To recognize gifts within the young people and help yeah, them mature he's done in it. music. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's that's one thing that I could tell you he has the niche for. Uh, he he tries to promote as much as he can the youth, and um, you know he tries as hard as he can with all the infrastructure that he has and all the uh, people that he has to kind of help help the youth and the young musicians you know be successful at what they do. You know because the biggest issue we have now, DJ, is that you know we have a lot of great I mean, there's a, a a palette of great musicians out there. The problem is that uh, you know there's there's so little work um, that's out there for them that you know it's only but a minute before you saturate yourself in the industry, and um, you know the market is where is that you know popularity jazz is not as popular as it was before, so you're always facing the fact of you know am I going to be 
known or am I going to get myself to a situation where people are going to actually know me and can I survive doing this, you know, and, and it has happened where a lot of young, great musicians have to, you know, change their genre of music professionally to, to put food and to feed their family and to do, you know, it becomes a, a situation where it's like you have to make a choice. So Wenton tries hard to, to steer the, you know, the youth into a, the right way and to give them as much support as they can to uh, to develop their career, you know, and, and everything that, that this album is a perfect example. I mean, it took me a while to do an album, and you know, I should have. This I is your like first one, done, right? This is my first one. And I should. I felt like I should have done one ten years ago, but you know, I sat back when because I in my late twenties, I always wanted to do one. I went to Bruce Lumbar, who passed away a while, uh, a couple, I think a couple months ago. Uh, he was with Blue Note, and I sat with Bruce. And I was like, man, you know, I want to do an album, and I want to do one for Blue Note. He, he said, yeah, just come to my office and uh, present to me your demo, you know, and I don't see why not, you know. So this was in my late 20s. But I sat on it for too long, and um, and I didn't get the chance to uh, to really come back to him because after the fact, you know, when I, when I went back to say hi, you know, to, to kind of talk to him about it, you know, he had, he had already been – uh, he had already resigned and, and and already you know left the the industry. So it's it's you know it took it took a while, but you know I learned a lot. You know, and this album is basically a a collaboration of all my experiences. You know, tangled into the ten tunes that I have on there. And you know, I sometimes say to myself, you know, I'm happy that I waited. You know, because um, not only am I a part of a, a great record company that's, that's going to be blossoming pretty soon. You know, Blue Angel Records, you know, that's a, a team, Gabby and Aaron Bisman, Val. These guys are, are are not only great people, but these cats are, they've been in the industry before, and they knew the industry when the industry was at its booming, you know, uh, career in jazz. So, you know, they, they're going to take this to another level. And then this is another... This is a great example. What's the name of, of the label again? I'm sorry. Blue, what was it? Uh, Blue, Engine, Blue Engine Records. Oh, Blue Engine Records. Okay. Blue Engine we'll Records. Have to look and for this that. is a, yeah, this is another example of Wenton helping, you know, helping me out, you know, because he could have easily gone, you know, he could have easily just, you know, said, you know, well, you know, we'll get somebody else with a bigger name to, uh, to put on the album. But he sat me down and says, you know, I want you to be, you know, one of the first ones on the album. You know, you're 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 like our poster child, and you know it's true. Mm-hmm. I grew up with this organization. I saw this organization go through its ups and downs. You know, with their board members uh, fighting hard to debilitate the industry, to debilitate the new building. You know, it's, uh, it's 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 something to be said of how this organization functions, and how it does to to provide the quality that it does, but it also to deal with all the issues and all the the behind-the-scenes stuff that people don't see, and they they take they take care of everybody, man. It's unbelievable. How long have you been with the orchestra altogether? I've been there since '98, but I did a, a year and a half, and then, um, well, actually, when Winton called me in '98, I was subbing for Rodney Whitaker. Rodney Whitaker took a sabbatical for a year, year and a half, and I took his chair, and then came back in 2002 to become a full-time member. So now I'm I'm in the orchestra for about 13, 12 to 13 years now. Well, obviously, Wenton respects you enough to honor you because this show 
on September 12th at Lehman Center for the Performing Arts is about you. It, it, it's it's all about you, correct? It, it's, uh, Carlos, yeah, back to the Bronx. The name of it is Carlos yeah. and the back in the Bronx. Back in the Bronx. Yeah, he told me, look, you know, we got a gig at Lehman, and I want you to do your music. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it. You know, but when he told me this, I didn't know anything. I didn't know about my record. I didn't, you know, this this was done like a year and a half. They planned this a while ago. And, um, you know, we, we're using Lehman College as our as our home base since they're remodeling the House of Swing. They're doing some upgrades to the actual uh, building and facility. So, you, you mean know, Lincoln Lehman, Center building? Jazz Lincoln, yeah. They're doing a remodeling um, process there till probably November or December. So, you know, they're using Lehman, and Lehman is a great, you know, partner, some people that we've worked with before, and they... You know, they offered us the, the theater. <clears throat> but Wayne told me, hey, uh, we're going to, you know, do your music, man. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. You know, I said, okay. But all this came about, you know, it's unbelievable how everything falls in place. And, you know, the record came out. It's going to come out. You know, we finished that. So then I'm doing on about six uh, tunes from the record on the show at Lehman. You know, I have uh, I have these great special guests. You, you mentioned Bobby Allende, a great percussionist who's been in the industry for so many years, Mark Quinones, you know, they basically grew, you know, made RMM when RMM, Rafi Mercado music, when, when that was huge in the late 80s and 90s. That's when Mark Anthony and La India was a part of the label. So I have them with me. I also have a singer by the name of Frankie Vasquez singing with us. Frankie's a great singer who used to sing with Oqueta yeah. Libre. And uh, another percussionist by the name of Carlito Padron who's from Venezuela, who's another great percussionist. So the show's going to feature music from my album, and it's also going to feature music that basically um, was trailing me in the Bronx, stuff that I heard while I was growing up in the Bronx. So it's going to wow. be like salsa, salsa cool. meets jazz, like a salsa meets jazz show, kind of. And all of this played by the Jazz at Lincoln Orchestra, Center Orchestra right. behind you, right? Oh, yeah, right. these I guys mean, are, yeah, one of the best orchestras in the world, man. These guys, they each is, is they they're each alone are are they're just you know items of gold. These guys are unbelievable, and, and you know to put them together, you know it's crazy how these guys work together, man. We work like a family, but individually we know so much, and and it's not the same thing. Everybody has something specific that they're very very good at. I want to mention where to get tickets because that's important. Uh, the the fans and people that love jazz or Latin jazz and regular jazz and the uh, Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra and, and Wynton Marcellus and Carlos Enrique can buy their tickets at either jazz.org or via Central Center Charge, I should say. That's Center Charge. And the number is 212-721-6500. Or you can go down to Jazz at Lincoln Center, which is located at Broadway and 60th Street, and purchase them on the ground floor. So I suggest you do that, because we are talking right now with the star of the show, Carlos Enrique, and who is a bassist for Jazz at Lincoln Center, and he's more than that, though. He's more than that. He's also a musical director. I want to ask you about that. 
because on your on your uh, CD, you have Ruben Blades singing, mm-hmm. and I'm going to yeah. play the last song I play will be him singing. But how did you meet Ruben? Well, I met Ruben years ago through through the scene, you know, working, you know, doing double bills on stage with other artists. And I remember meeting him, but I never really got the chance to meet him personally and really get the the, the, the sit down with him. But he he had always wanted to work with Wynn and the orchestra. And um, there was somebody in his team that got in contact with the organization. And one thing led to another. And then I, I he had specifically um, asked that I run the show since he knew that I knew his material. So Winston said, yeah, all right, whatever you want, Carlos, you know, that's your show. You do whatever you need to do. Your musical director is you. You take care of it. So I was like, wow, this is going to be great, you know, and, and I was, I was, you know, honored to work to do it. You know, I got to really meet Ruben, sit with him, you know, learn about the tunes that he wanted to do for the show because it, it wasn't only the hits that he wanted to play. There were tunes that he was very – close to as a child growing up in Panama and singing. You know, he had a lot of Mel Torme, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis. You know, the Rat Pat was very big in his you know, at his time as a young child. So he would mimic all these singers. <clears throat> so it was great to be able to perform on this stuff. Um and well, we just started going work with him. Hmm? Uh, isn't he or was he or isn't he uh educator for jazz young uh, people, which you also worked with that series as well? Well, I do the stuff with the Yang, the, the Jazz at Young, um, the, the Jazz at Young People series. Um, I haven't, Ruben has not been a part of the, the series itself, but we, I have been a part of that series since the since basically the beginning. Um, but Ruben is a very uh, heavy, you know, he advocates a lot of education. I mean, he takes his time and goes to schools all over the world, and just sit with the children, with the kids, and just talk to them about their life, what they want to do. So he's heavy into that. Um, I learned a lot with him educationally, you know, just sitting with him. You know, I had to do about thirteen or fourteen arrangements in a span wow. of like six months, six months, seven months. So, you know, you got to do arrangements. That's a lot of pressure, and you got to do them right, and you got to make sure you're in the right key. You know, it's not. You know, I learned a lot. You know, you know, you learn a lot. And and the, the key is to learn fast and to make the adjustment fast and grow fast. And that's the hardest thing a lot of people don't understand because, you know, you could everybody could learn something and everybody could figure, that, figure it out, and if they make a mistake, they'll fix it. But the key is to make the mistake, clean it, fix it, and grow and learn how you fix it and why you made that mistake. But at the same time, you're moving to the next section. So I learned that with Ruben, and I learned that being a part of that show. And, and it just, it put me to a whole nother level. You know, I started understanding, okay, this is what it takes to produce the show. This is what it took to musical direct the show. You know, again, I had great musicians backing me up. You know, that's another thing you have to understand is when you have a team of musicians, like the guys at Jazz Lincoln Center and those extra special guests, Bobby Allende, Mark Quinones, and Carlito Padro, you know, it was it's unbelievable. You just, you know. It makes makes your life easy. Well, speaking you know. of that, um, as I mentioned, that Ruben Blade is singing one of the songs on Bonk's Pyramid. Are there other singers as well, or is he the only featured singer? He's the only featured singer. 
He's the okay. only one. And uh, you know, uh, I did that. I want you know, I did that purposely. You know, I wanted. I didn't want fingers on the album. Uh, not that I wasn't against the singing, but I wanted to really focus on my writing and my you know melodic you know movements of of my music and jazz and in Latin music. Um, but you know, Ruben, you know, Ruben got. But this is a true story. Ruben actually got mad at me because I didn't ask him to be a part of these records. You know, he knew I was recording, and he said, Carlos, I mean, you know, you're not calling me to do, you know, to record on it. You know I want to be a part of it, you know? And I'm like, I thought so. I was like, wow, man, this is going to be good. Because, you know, I didn't have, in the beginning, I didn't have any intentions of asking him. You know, the gentleman is a busy man in itself. So I was just gratified that the guy was able to perform with Jasmine Center and to do these three great shows. So he told me, man, I want to be a part of it. Tell me when you're recording, and we'll go, and we'll figure something out in the studio. So on the day of the, of the recording, I'm driving into the studio, and I'm humming into my iPhone melodies of the songs, you know, like the catches, the piano intro, and stuff like that. And when when um, when Ruben got to the studio, it, it was a whole collaboration. You know, you had Bobby Allende came up with some ideas. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, the pianist who's on the album, came up with some ideas. His father, Robert Rodriguez Sr., came up with some ideas. It was unbelievable how we just put that song together. And you know what? That That's the, the whole beauty of this music, and that was the beauty of the Descarga. And that's why we called it that, Descarga Entre Amigos, because it's, that's all it is. It was a big jam amongst musicians. And there was nobody had a, you know, nobody was bigger than anybody in that instance. It was just a great hang, just sitting down. It was a musical story told by all of us. And that's how music should be. We had it going in the 70s with a company called Tico Records where they had these albums called Allegre All-Star Records. And in these mm-hmm. albums, they had the same concept that I put on this with the, on that one track. And they had albums that they did with Charlie Palmieri, Caco, Bobby Rodriguez, uh, Barry Rogers, Eddie Palmieri. And all these guys would just get in the studio and jam and just have a good wow. time. And you know what? And it, it, it that translates. It translates to people when they listen to it, because it's, it doesn't become uh, it doesn't become scientific music where you have to like wow you know this is really hard music to grasp. You know it's just music where you just sit down and you just like wow I understand what's going on, and that's how music should be you know and that's exactly what I try to bring out in that album. Well, did you also work or perform with artists like Willie Nelson and Bob Dylan and Stevie Wonder and? Even Lenny Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, all of that, all Is of that, all of that. Yeah, all of that through Jazz Lincoln Center. You know, oh. we did a lot of collaborations with them. Um, well, we got to record with Willie. We did about two albums with Willie. Um, Bob Dylan did a, a, a couple. Of, I think he did one um, gala. Stevie did a gala for us. You know, we did one with James Taylor. We did a, a lot of them. Um, nice. And it's great, you know, it's fun. We did one with Paul Simon not so long ago, which was fun. Um, you know, it's good It's good to collaborate, you know, with people who have been successful in different genres who also love the music of jazz and who respect it. <clears throat> you know, Eric Clapton did a great, al- a great gala show that ended up turning into an album. And, um, you know, it's great when you have people who have succeeded very highly in the music world come back, and not only Mission of Jazz, Lincoln Center, but it's also great that they offer their 
<clears throat> celebrity status and their, you know, their people to help us, you know, just promote the, the beauty of jazz. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a good thing. A great well, you thing. know, you guys, uh, the orchestra, I should say, uh, Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra with Wynton Marcellus, went to Cuba in 2010. And now President Obama has opened the doors to Cuba, so you guys might be making other trips now. Yeah. What do you think of that? That was a great First, that was a great trip. I mean, when we went, you know, the, it was it was very, very, um, you know, the, all the doors weren't open. The embargo was still closed. I mean, it was a really shaky situation. And um, we had to go through so many uh, loops and, and ask for so many, for so much permission to go that once we got granted the opportunity to go to Cuba and work with the kids at the you know, at the music institutions, you know, once we got there, it was unbelievable. You know, they 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 received us with open arms and and they took care of us. And you know, you went there. You didn't, it's kind of sad, but you don't you don't really you didn't realize how bad things were because you know they were offering us so much knowledge of their music, their history, um, their hospitality was unbelievable. So, you know, it kind of it kind of brainwashes you and it blinds you because you're there trying to learn it. and you're also teaching all these kids. So that one week in Cuba was unbelievable. You know, there it was so much to to take in. You know, we learned so much. Yeah. It was an, it was an unbelievable experience for me too because Wayne had given me the role as the musical director. You know, since Winston didn't know much of Afro Cuban the Afro Cuban tradition, he had asked me to put the shows together for him. And wow. I was honored because, you know, I went there and I told Winton and I told the staff, I said, look, we're going to Cuba and I don't want to be biased, you know, but if I could go back, if I can go to Cuba and just play Latin music, you know, I want to do that. But the the reality is that we as an organization who spreads the mission of jazz throughout the world shouldn't go to a, 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 a you know, a location playing their music. So we went back and, and I and I sat down with Wayne and I said, look, we should play a historical passage through jazz in Cuba and explain to them how the roles of jazz, you know, made America what it is. And we explained to them through our show so how influential Afro-Cuban was. So we played a lot of music from Jelly Roll Morton. We also played music from Chico O'Farrell, who wrote a beautiful mm-hmm. Afro-Cuban suite. We did stuff from Dizzy Gillespie, who was a very heavy advocate of Cuban music. So, you know, it, it was a great learning experience for both them and us. And, you know, I, I it was, a, you know, Obama did, did it well, you know, opening up the, the doors and slowly, you know, trying to fix the, the, the issues that are still there that have been there for 50 or 60 years. And, you know, the only way to fix something is to slowly open stuff up and, and you know, try to put it together. You know, it's, it's not going to be an easy task. You know, nobody said well, that. Well, hands you know, across the world. Yeah, I mean, you can't fix right. anything if you're competing. You, you have to, yeah. comp, you have to have a, a cooperation. It's going to be a tough one, yeah, and it's going to be slow. And a lot of people, you know, I've, it's, it's been an up and down, you know, matter in my life because a lot of people are like, yes, happy that the American flag is there, but a lot, I got a lot of friends also who are native Cubans who are very disappointed because they want to see the American stability of freedom and equal rights at Cuba immediately. And they don't understand that that takes time. You know, it's a, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a process that takes time. And we have to Well, it know, starts with an open door. There you go. You hit that point right. And, 
it starts with an open door and it also starts with music, you know, and if you can't do it exactly. verbally or politically, the music itself is going to transcend all that. And and it's it's been doing it. You know, it's been doing it for many years. People think because, you know, Castro had had the door down and America and, and Cuba did not relate to each other cooperatively, you know, for many years, the music was still there. We were playing their music here for many years after the exile. And and they were playing jazz music, you know, for many years, even if it was very quietly, you know, they were listening to radio stations off of Key West that they were picking up in Havana. So, you know, it was still, the, the doors were still being open. It was just through music. So now that we get this door open, I think things are going to change and hopefully for the better. You know, I'm always optimistic and things are going to be, you know, better than what they are. Well, I feel they're moving in a positive direction, and that's what really counts. Be positive and, and just move towards yeah. making everyone happy. And that's the way to go. But I want to also mention again that uh, Carlos Henrique, Back to the Bronx, which is a show they're going to be featuring at, um, well, it's the, the, the Jazz at Lincoln's Center Orchestra with Wynton Marcella will be part of it, honoring Carlos Enrique back in the Bronx, and it's going to be at Lehman Center for the Performing Arts, which is at 250 West Bedford Park Boulevard in the Bronx. It's not at it's not at Lincoln Center, folks. So I want to make that clear. Uh, Jazz at Lincoln Center is presently touring the boroughs. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, right. That's a good one. Yep, going back into the in the city boroughs and having a good time. Yep. <laughs> That's what it is. And, and so they're bringing the show to the Bronx because this Henry, Mr. Henrique is from the Bronx, born there and raised there, and uh going to play there on September, that Saturday, September 12th at 8 p.m. So I want to remind you again, to get your tickets. You have to go to jazz.org on your Internet. Or you can call Center Charge at 212-721-6500. From what I understand, they're open from 10 to 9 p.m. Or you can go directly to the Lincoln Center box office located on Broadway and 60th Street, and that's on the ground floor. And I want to make that clear. You cannot get tickets at Lehman Center for the box, uh, Lehman Center box office just because it's, they're playing there. You have to go to Jazz at Lincoln Center's box office through jazz.org or Center Charge. Okay? So we made that clear, right? <laughs> yeah, and, that's clear. <laughs> yeah, and also go and buy the uh, Bronx Pyramid CD, which is going to be out on September 18th. Is that correct? Yeah, it comes out on the 18th of September. And uh, we there, there you could do your pre Pre-orders on iTunes, Amazon. They already uh, they already have the the Sky Guy Entre Amigos as a single, so it's already you can download it. And if you do the pre-order, you get you know you get everything plus the bonus tracks. Now, do you do you have a website, a personal website, where if people want to know more about you, they can go look you up? And can they also uh, find out about uh, the Bronx Pyramid on your website as well? Well, the best way of reaching me now with all this content is through jazz.org. Uh, that's the best right now. And you can go through the blueengine.org uh, um, 
website, which has all the updates on an album on my fan page, Carlos Enriquez, on Facebook, and it'll give all the updates and all the stuff that, that everybody wants to know with the album. Yeah, I, I think we've covered everything. Unless, is there a question that I haven't asked that you'd uh, like to <laughs> to express or talk about? No, yeah, no. I'm just I'm grateful that I'm here with you, Deidre. You know, it's uh, it's great to talk about music. It's great to talk about great things. You know, I'm happy that I'm coming back to the Bronx. You know, I, I never left the Bronx. You know, but being a, a native from the Bronx and and learning my roots and my musical abilities in the Bronx is so grateful to go back and and perform, you know, for, for my people and for everyone who wants to be a part of the listening process. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to do what I do. Uh, I wake up every mm-hmm. morning and I thank God that, you know, music is in my life. It, uh, you know, it transcends so much in, in our lives. And, you know, I've learned so much and I'm only learning even more, you know, which is great. You know, there's a lot of beautiful people in my life, DJ, that I have uh, met as a child and people who are still around me, who are constantly helping me. And, you know, the, this album, it, it just speaks about that. You know, it's it's so ironic that this album is being released on the day of my mother's birthday, you know. So it's it's like, it's, 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 yeah, it's very cool. fortunate. I'm very, you know, it's a very it's a very touching album because, you know, my, uh, my mom passed away eight, eight years ago, and, you know, I lost her to cancer, and, you know, it's a beautiful. It's beautiful that my record's gonna come out on her birthday. And you know, she was so much a part of my life and music that um, you know this this album is is, is basically a, a tribute to her and a and a testament to everyone in the world that you know when you have a, a mother who who sta- who stands by their child, you know, with the ups and downs. And I tell you, I grew up in the hood. You know, I, we didn't have money. You know, I, I had to deal with a lot of you know a lot of things and. and and to have a mother like the mother I have had is unbelievable, you know, to see myself where I'm at and my dad being who he is and the hardworking man. And my brother, too, my brother Jose, who, who's a great mambo dancer who got me inspired mm. to, to, to go to clubs at a young age with him. You know, when I was young, you my young... Oh, he's a great... I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a really, really average dancer, but my brother, he's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I, I'm so analytical when it comes to music, you know, that when I dance, I sometimes have to be strictly on the beat. But my brother's very fluid, you know, <laughs> and he, he's just a great dancer. And, and I learned so much just with him as a person, um, being able to go to clubs and meet people and meet musicians. So, you know, the process in itself, Deidre, is beautiful. And, you know, I just hope that others in the world could experience that too. And, and, and you know, just know that, you know, everyone has a chance to do what they want to do, and, and, and music itself is so beautiful. And, uh, you know, and again, I'm grateful to be on this with you and talking about this show Thank on the 12th you. of September. It's, it's, it's a good thing, and, and I hope who's, who, whoever's listening out there, please make the effort to come. I'm, I'm, I guarantee you you're going to have so much fun, and uh, you will feel the experiences I went through uh, with this. Well, knowing the Latin the people, they'll be dancing in the aisles. Yeah, <laughs> my brother be one of them. I know. Is he coming? Uh, my brother be one. Yeah, he's gonna be there. He's gonna be there, and you know he'll probably jump on stage. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I want to ask you this question, given given your background and given what you were just tell, saying about family and friends and the community helping one another. What what would you advise young people 
who are interested in, in getting into music, how, how would they get started? Because a lot of times they just don't know what to do. You know, it's funny. I, that question is a tough one. You know, I believe it or not, church was heavy a heavy role in my life uh, with music. Um, just because the church I went to had a band. And, you know, my mom put me in a Pentecostal church with some of her friends because, you know, she was afraid that I would get stuck with the activities of the streets, you know, at a young age. And I'm happy that she took me out of it because I started hanging out with the band members and started understanding a little of music through that. But, you know, the biggest issue that we need to face is just how kids can be introduced to music in schools. And, you know, you got to start early. you got to start them in public schools so that when they get to intermediate school and high school, they're they're already passing a certain proficiency level. Um, but it's you know you got to get them young. You got to get them liking them liking music young. You know the one, the one the biggest issue we have now is that you know the popularity music, which which is the entertainment industry, has a grasp on these young children. You know, and I'm not knocking their ability of reaching out to these kids, but sometimes the content that they're offering. Uh, mm-hmm. The youth is not it's not you know I wouldn't say it's it's very healthy at a young age to be exploited to that, so it becomes hard because you know they get used to a certain sound that when they listen to music that's very pure or has a certain distinctive uh a sound it becomes it becomes very negative or they just start disliking it very very immediately so it's a you know it's a battle so you know, I, I, I think Isn't that something when you hear pure music, you you don't like it because you're used to a, a whole other genre or yeah. type of music? We it's have to like, teach kids tough. there's more than hip-hop out there, that, that they need to take music appreciation courses where exactly. they're exposed to all types of music. You know, it's, And it's, actually it's learn what music is. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's sad to say that, you know, um, out, out, there's, you know, there, there are computers playing instruments that were, that were man, you know, were the man instrument, were human instruments. Female and male people would play the drums, you know, every Sunday mm-hmm. in Congo Square, because it was the only day they had the chance to even play. And now, you know, they went through so much, they fought so much and died and did all this stuff that now we have computers playing their role and not yeah. exuding no, you know, there's no energy being exerted through these instruments, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not, I'm not knocking the other, none of that stuff down because technology is what it is. We need technology to promote and to move forward. But, you know, this is a more of a, a of a spiritual and more something about mm-hmm. learning about culture and about who you are as an American or as a, a Boricua, Puerto Rican, Dominican, Afro-American, it doesn't matter. You ha, you know, learning your culture, you you could understand quickly who you are in this world, and it makes it much easier to stand for yourself and to really be a singular person other than following a mass. And I think well, and also having nowadays, self-love. Exactly. And so much of lack of self-love in this in this country that we need to you're bring right. the children back to accepting who they are as beautiful. Exactly. You, you're, you're not lying. And that's it's tough because they, they lose that, and then they start falling in love with a mass of people directing them into something that is not, it's not true. It's, it's a fabricated system that, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, some people benefit from it. And we, 
the guys that are trying to, you know, promote a certain, you know, a certain purity towards the music kind of, it it's really hard to fight against, you know, because it's a, it's a big industry. So, you know, it's, it's tough. But the schools, I'm telling you, DJ, the schools are the number one thing. If we get music into the school at a young age, these kids will get to start learning or liking music at a young age. And they'll decide if they like it or not, but it'll help them through life and appreciate music to a whole other level. And they'll start appreciating people differently, treating people differently, because there's a there's a certain tender and care that comes with understanding music that enables you to be a human and, and be a certain person. I agree. I agree. Well, on that note, we're we're coming, and and there's nothing like the real thing, baby. Ain't nothing like the real thing. Ain't not lying. <laughs> so. But we're coming to the end of our show, and, and I want to thank you so much for being my guest. I love, 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 love when I have guests that keep talking and tell me all their <laughs> interesting things, and you have been that and more. And I and I, I hope to be there. I hope to be there on September 12th at, at, at uh, Lehman Center for the Performing Arts to see uh, Carlos Enriquez back in the Bronx featuring the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra with Winter Marcellus. And again, get folks. You get them at jazz.org or you can get them via center's charge at 212-721-6500. Or if you just want to take a walk, go down to Lincoln Center on 60th Street and Broadway. And, uh, well, I should say jazz at Lincoln Center because actually yeah. it's a building unto itself. Yeah, so inside of the Time Warner Mall. Time Warner Center there on the first floor. That's where they take the box office is at. There you go. You heard it from the, the guy that knows. <laughs> and so I, I, I thank you so much, uh, Carlos Enriquez, for coming on the show today and, and gracing our topically yours. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this. I appreciate you loving this and, and helping. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. And this is the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler. As always, uh, I'm asking my listeners to make my topic topically yours. And today's show was with Carlos Enriquez. And now we're going to end the show with one of his songs from the Bronx Pyramid, which is his new CD. And I'm going to let him pronounce the, the, the title. And it, it's and the vocals are by Ruben Blades. It's entitled "Descarga Entre Amigos." You heard it from him, and here it goes. And thank you again, uh, Carlos. Okay. Oye, familia. Woo!
Rainbow 